I want to go into a time of the word. I'm going to be um, sharing with you for a few moments, and then we're going to take some time to just pray and worship God as we go into the new year. So at this time, if you have a physical Bible with you, do people still carry physical Bibles? Yes, yes. yes. one person, two, Mm-mm. physical, by paper Bible. No, for everybody else, it's your iPhones, your Samsungs, your Nokias. What else is out there? Whatever phone you've got, memory, Android. We rebuke Android. If you want to grab your Bibles <laughs> and turn with me, please, to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 43, we're going to read one verse. You, you guys are going to preach with me today because sometimes you like to be a bit quiet, but that's so 2021. So we're going we're gonna to preach this together, right? Preach it, preacher. If I'm doing good, just say preach it, preacher. If I'm not doing good, just say amen, God help the preacher anyway. Have you found Isaiah chapter 43? All right, we're going to read one verse, and that is verse 19, and it reads as follows. It says, behold, I will do a new thing. Someone say new thing. thing. Now, somebody say "New new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we just thank you that we have the opportunity to gather together this evening in these last few moments of 2021. We know that 2021 has been a blessed year for some and it's been a challenging year for others. However, which way we just pray, Lord, that when we enter into this 2022, we don't go in without you. We want you in the center of everything that we do. We want you in the center of our hearts. We want you in the center of our minds. We want you in the center of our wills, Lord Jesus. And so, Lord, even as we spend these few moments together, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds. Let it not just be a typical New Year's Eve service, but let it be a pivotal point of change for many. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. I'm going to keep looking at my clock just to make sure that we are good for time. I don't know about you guys, but I've been in churches where the preacher is preaching and it's like three minutes to 12. And you're wondering, is he going to finish in time? Or is he not going to finish in time? So I'm going to do my best to rush through so that we have time to pray as well. So here at the Cornerstone Church, our theme for 2022 is new beginnings. Someone say new beginnings. And today, I want to share a message that I've entitled, A New Thing. Someone say, A New Thing. Now, of course, in a few moments' time, it will be a new year. And a new year is always a great time to embrace the new. It's always a great time to make a decision to start something new, to do something new. It's always a great time to set some goals and some objectives. And for some people, these goals and these objectives may revolve around their health. It may revolve around weight loss and trying to burn off everything that was eaten over this festive season from the jollof rice, long grain, none of that basmati nonsense. Whether it's the nkatenkwan, you didn't know I knew that, did you? Whether it's the amada or the kelewele or it's the rice and peas and chicken and aki and saltfish or whether it's the dodo or the plantain. We're not doing that today? Okay. Whether it's the 
plantain or whether it's the chin chin or the puff puff or the moin moin and all those foods that are so nice they were named twice whatever it is for some people 2022 is about their health and attempting to burn off weight me included don't judge me for some of us 2022 is about setting financial goals whether that's to pay off debt get out of debt whether that's to increase one's income whether it's to gain an additional source of income for others it's starting a business for others it's reading more for others it's picking up a new hobby or a course for others of course it's spiritual goals that they are focused on. For some people, I know that as soon as we hit January the 1st, they're going to attempt to read the Bible in a year again for the third or fourth time. Hopefully, when they get to numbers this time, they will persevere. All of us have very different goals and objectives, which, of course, are good to have, and I have nothing against those goals and objectives. After all, we serve a God who believes in the new. Paul, in the book of Romans, speaks of Jesus's death and how that enables us to embrace the newness of life. This is the same Paul who, when writing to the church in Corinth, said that when we come to Christ, of course, all things have passed away and what? All things become new. So we have a God who celebrates the new. However, however, let us not forget that though a new year is a great opportunity to start afresh, though a new year is a great time to set goals to achieve, let me remind you that God does not need a new year or a new month or a new week or a new day or a new hour to do something new in your life. Therefore, when we think about the new year, if anything in this new year is going to be new, really the onus isn't on God. The onus is on you. Tell the person next to you, he's talking about you. And let me add to that by telling you that there is no new year without a new you. There is no new year without a new you. And so in order to make the most of this new year ahead, in order to create and experience the new, in order to do things differently and become new, there are some things that you will need to overcome. And those are the things that I want to share with you in the moments that we have together, looking at the life of Gideon as an example. Now, you guys have got six minutes on the clock. I preach fast, but not that fast. So that timer is wrong, and I need somebody to check that for me, please, so that I'm not preaching um, longer than I should be. Please turn with me to Judges chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 11 through to 13, and I want to share with you a few things, a couple of things that you will need to overcome in order to embrace the new and experience a new, head, a new year ahead. And I'm going to be using Gideon as our main example. I'm going to read Judges chapter 6, and I'm going to read verses 11 through to 13. It reads as follows. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon freshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has, why has all this happened to us? 
And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. A number of things that you must overcome in order to experience a new thing in 2022. Here's the first thing that you will need to overcome. Intimidation. Someone say intimidation. Gideon, when he is approached by the angel of the Lord, he is fresh in wheat under a tree. He is hiding and trying to keep himself to himself. He was fearful of any imminent attack. And he had every right to because for seven years, his people faced invasions upon evasions from the Midianites, from the Amalekites, from the eastern foreigners who would come and ruin their crops. So in order to not have his crops ruined, he would be fresh in wheat and hiding, protecting his crops. As a result of this experience, this led Gideon to get to a place where he would feel intimidated. And so when the angel of the Lord approaches him, he asks him, why is all of this happening to me if I'm a mighty man of valor, or some versions say a mighty warrior? Gideon asks that question in the same way many of us have asked, Lord, why is it that I've experienced certain things in my life if you are with me? Why is it that I've had to experience and go through this in 2021 if you are with me? Why is it, Lord, that I prayed and I fasted, but yet COVID took that family member, friend of mine? Why, 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 why? Like Gideon, many losses and setbacks may have happened to you that may have robbed you of your confidence, your focus, and even your direction in the last year. Not to mention, of course, how difficult it has been with the pandemic and how that's affected people's employment situation or their business situation. But in the midst of all these losses, just like Gideon, can I encourage you to never see yourself as you see yourself? I'll say that again. Never see yourself as you see yourself. Can I implore you rather to always try to see yourself how God sees you? Because how you see yourself is not always a true reflection of how you are. So the aim really to overcome intimidation is not to see yourself by looking at your situation and looking at what's going on in your life, but rather trying to take God's bird's eye view on it. This is why the angel of the Lord addressed Gideon as a mighty man of valor, not a man of timidity, even though he felt that way. And how many of you know that unlike man who addresses you based on what they think of you, God doesn't do that. He always addresses you based on how he created you and how he sees you. This is why it's crucial to be in his word so that you can imprint how he sees you on your heart through the word of God. I want to tell you that when you do this and when you make this a goal, when you make this a priority, when you start to see yourself how God sees you, you can overcome any form of intimidation that tries to hold you back. Don't let intimidation hold you back from that project that you've been talking about since 2018. 
Don't let intimidation hold you back from starting that business because of the economic climate. Don't let intimidation stop you from writing that book just because there are books out there. Because for many of us in here, we've had goals, dreams, and objectives that we've put on the shelf, and we've justified them. But really, we've been fearful. We've been intimidated. We've walked by sight and not by faith. And those things have held us back from embracing the new that God wants us to embrace. And I'm here to tell you that those days are over. We're going into a new year, but there is no new year without a new you. And you have to be determined to overcome intimidation. This intimidation that Gideon faced led to another I that you must overcome. And the second thing you must overcome in order to experience the new is that of the imposter syndrome. The imposter syndrome. That is not thinking that you are enough. I want to tell you a true story that relates to my life. Please don't zone out especially those of you who are not into football, the example is not about the football as it is about the imposter syndrome. Many years ago, as you can tell from my physique, I used to play football. And I used to play football, don't laugh, I saw someone laughing. Many years ago, I used to play football at a very high level. And in the same way professional footballers could be called up to represent their country, represent England and the like, I was called up at college level to represent London. And we were going to play two games in about five days against, the, against Kent, the county of Kent. And the way it works is that I wasn't called up to the original squad. Somebody got injured. They had to pull out of the squad. So I was drafted in to the team. As a result of being drafted in to the team, I didn't have time to train with the team like all the other players did. I didn't get time to meet with the players. I was literally going to meet them at the meeting point, And then we would get on the coach and we would go to the game. And so as a result of that, I was going there not knowing who my teammates were, but just knowing that I'd been called up to represent London, and for that, I was proud to do. And so I remember we're on the minibus, and we are going in to the pitch where we're going to play, which was actually uh, Crystal Palace's training ground. And I remember the minibus pulls in, and the manager on the minibus says to everybody on the coach, he says, guys, Look at how smooth those pitches are. He says, look at those pitches. They're like carpet. And I remember him saying, if you can't play on these pitches, you might as well quit football altogether. He said, this pitch is so smooth, you should have no excuses. And I remember that was the first twinge in me that got me nervous. But what was interesting was that when we got off the minibus and we got into the changing room, the manager said, hey, guys, this is Quinlay. He's just been drafted into the squad. He doesn't know you guys. So I want you all to introduce yourselves to him. And everybody would introduce themselves. And when they introduced themselves, they would talk about what club they played for. Hi, my name is so-and-so, and I play for Arsenal. Hi, so-and-so. My name's so-and-so, and I play for Chelsea. Hi, I'm so-and-so, and I play for QPR, and I play for Wimbledon, for those of you who remember Wimbledon back in those days. Oh, and I play for Tottenham. And they, everyone went round the changing room, and everyone played for a professional club except for one person in that changing room, and no prizes for guessing who that was. Because when it came to me, it was, hi, I'm Kunle, and I go to SFX. That's what I could say. 
But do you know, as a result of each and every one of them introducing which club they played for, and me not being at a professional club, immediately I question, what am I doing here? Am I good enough to be here? I mean, I'm the only one without a professional team. And let me tell you, that thinking reflected in my performance on the pitch that day, because that was one of the worst performances that I ever had in my entire life. But the good news was that it was too late to replace me. So I was still in the squad for the second game. And ahead of the second game, I don't know how, but it was as if the manager could read my mind. Because when we got off the minibus and I walked down the tunnel to go to the changing room, he called me aside and he said, Kunle, he said, I want to tell you something. He said, come here. And he said these words. I don't know how he knew, but he said these words to me. He said, Kunle, if you are here now, it's because you are good enough to be here. And the moment he said that, I thought to myself, come to think about it, out of all of the people that could have been selected to represent London, that could have been brought in as a draft replacement, I was chosen. So if I was chosen, I must be good enough to be here. And let me tell you something, that also reflected in my performance that day because I ended up getting the man of the match performance that game. Two games in the space of a few days, two big differences, all because of the imposter syndrome, all because I let what people's positions and titles around me affect me. Do you know how many of us, God has great things in store for us, but we think we don't deserve to be in that boardroom that we're in? You deserve to be there. He put you there. Do you know how many of us think that we are not smart enough or good enough to go for that promotion or that managerial role? You are good enough. Don't let the imposter syndrome hold you back. Somebody said to me one day, nobody in my family has ever achieved this level of studying. Nobody in my family has ever got to this degree. I said, well, you go and be the first. Don't let the imposter syndrome hold you back where God has already qualified you. Because I'm seeing too many believers who are not walking in God's purpose and plans for them because they've allowed intimidation to lead to them feeling like an imposter and therefore not feeling qualified to speak up where they should speak up and not feeling qualified to put forward their ideas where they should. I want to tell you, if there's anything that you take away from what I'm saying this evening, is that wherever God has called you, if he's called you, that means you are qualified for that place. Wherever he has put you, it means you are qualified to be there. The days of looking down on yourself because of what you might have gone through, the days of looking down on yourself because of the qualifications that you don't have on paper, are over. Because you can have all of those qualifications on paper, but if God hasn't called you, what difference does it make? How many of you know that some of your managers don't know what they're doing, with all respect? They don't know what they're doing. But they have the boldness and the courage to speak up, to apply, to step forward, where us believers sit back and say, I love God. Yes, Jesus, do it for me. I'm going to change the world. Oh, I'm too scared to apply for this application. 
God did not give you the spirit of fear. He gave you the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Tell the person next to you, you are more than enough. So please don't let intimidation and imposter syndrome hold you back. Here's the last I that you need to overcome. Intimidation and imposter syndrome leads to one feeling inadequate. Inadequacy is something you must be determined to overcome in 2022. To be inadequate means lacking the quality or quantity required for something. In Gideon's case, it was both. Gideon didn't think he was the right quality of a person to overthrow the idols his father and those in his environment worshipped. But also, when he went to battle, his army was reduced from 22,000 to 10,000 to just 300 people. Have you ever thought about that? His army went from 22,000 to 10,000 to 300 people. Take a moment to think about that. Think of, think of a stadium or think of an arena, some, somewhere like the O2 arena, which I know some of you are familiar with. We won't go there today. The O2 arena holds 20,000 people, but let's just say it holds 22,000 people for the sake of this example. Imagine an O2 arena full. These are the people who have got your back, who are supporting you, and then all of a sudden, out of fear, the numbers start to reduce down to 10,000, and then literally down to 300, which, if you think about it, would probably be the first few rows, right? Sounds like an Arsenal match. We won't go there. 22,000, 10,000, 300. Imagine having 22,000 followers on social media today, waking up tomorrow, only to have 300 followers. Something must have gone wrong somewhere. This was the case with Gideon. He had 22,000 people who initially had his back, and now it was just down to 300. My mass tells me that is going from 100% to just 1.3%. This was the case with Gideon. And with this, I wouldn't be surprised if Gideon felt demoralized, if he felt discouraged seeing all those people walk away. But please, let me tell you something that's so beautiful about this story, in case you're not familiar with it. God was removing all of the fearful people from Gideon's life. And you know what I've come to realize? Sometimes God subtracts to add. Sometimes God subtracts to add. Some of us we feel like Gideon because we've lost things, friendships, opportunities, relationships that you thought had potential and much more, not just last year, but even previous to 2020, in 2019, in 2018. Maybe people have walked away from you. The good news is that sometimes God subtracts in order to add. In other words, what you think you need, he actually removes for your own good. Isn't that amazing? It looks like a loss, but it's actually a gain, as was the case with Gideon, because God removed the fearful people from the camp. In other words, he replaced quantity with quality. I'm preaching better than you guys are shouting amen today. I'm telling you, it's not about the amount of people you can call 
friends. It's not about the amount of numbers. You've got numbers in your phone. But how many of those numbers you can call on in a difficult time is a different story. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. One more time. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. Some of us, we've been complaining about who's not there for us. Thinking that's making us inadequate. Whereas actually, God was removing the people around you who were the cause for your inadequacy. God was removing those people from you in order to take you back to a place where you remember who and whose you are. Just like we sang earlier on today. You might think you are not good enough for that relationship. Whereas God was saying, actually, that relationship wasn't good for you. Stop thinking that you are inadequate. Rather, can I encourage you, as we go into 2022, to ask God to open your eyes to the new thing he's doing in you and around you. Because in order to embrace the new, you need to overcome intimidation, imposter syndrome, and inadequacy. The final I I want to bring to your attention today isn't something that you need to overcome. Rather, it's something that you actually need to do. And that fourth and final I is to include, someone say include, include God in the center of everything you do. Include God in the center of everything you do. And I want to speak for a few moments before I close about putting God in the center of everything you do. Because sometimes I think we say that as a cliche statement, but I really want to speak to the heart about this. I want to do this because it's important that you understand what I'm about to say to you in the next few moments. And I say this not to burst your bubble, but I say this because many of us have grown up in church backgrounds where we have been told that the year to come is going to be a particular year that it wasn't. Are you with me? And so the reason I want you to include God in the center of everything is because I'm going to tell you up front, just because it's a new year does not mean your challenges are going to disappear. Did you hear what I said? Just because it's a new year does not mean your challenges are going to disappear. Because let me tell you, there were some people who said, 2019, that's my year of victory. And it wasn't. Some people thought 2020, yeah, yeah, plenty, double, double. No clue we would be thinking about double booster jabs. 2021, I've won. Then came across Omicron. (laughs) Isn't Omicron evil? I mean, we don't want you to come. But if you're going to come, why do you choose the festive season around this time to come and destroy everybody's plans? But some people thought 2020 is my year. 2021 is my year. And it wasn't their year. And listen, because of the hype that they fell into, they no longer go to New Year's Eve services. They're discouraged. It's all a hype. And that's their mindset. 
And this is why I want to encourage you to include God in the center of everything you do so you do not fall into the mindset. I'm not here to tell you your challenges are going to disappear. No, I'm not here to tell you that. In fact, the opposite way of thinking, the thinking that says everything is going to be perfect because it's a new year, is exactly why Blue Monday exists. And if you're not familiar with Blue Monday, though it's pseudoscience, this year is predicted to be the 17th of January. And Blue Monday is referred to as the most depressing day of the year. Blue Monday is the day in the year in which it is predicted that people go back to normal after the New Year hype. All their New Year resolutions, goals, objectives, things that they planned to do go out of the window. It's called Blue Monday because people get depressed about the debt they need to pay off that they incurred over the Christmas season gone. The most oppressing day of the year. Can I encourage you to put God in the center of everything that you do? Because just because it's a new year doesn't mean that you will not face challenges. And I'm going to prove it to you through the scripture that we just read with, or opened with rather, in Isaiah. Because when most people look at the scripture in Isaiah, this is what they do. And you can turn to it again as well. If you look at Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19, this is what most people do. They do this. They read it and it says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Then they get to verse 19, and they say, and they read this, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? And they stop there. God is going to do a new thing. Shall I not know it? And they get excited about that. But the rest of the verse says, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Why is that so key? God did not say he wasn't going to do anything new. He didn't say he wasn't going to do that. In fact, that whole scripture is about the redemption of the Jews. It's a forward-thinking scripture. It's about God redeeming his people. God didn't say he wasn't going to do anything new. But notice, God did not say he was going to take them out of the wilderness. He did not say he was going to take them out of the desert. What did he say? I'm going to make a road in the wilderness i'm here to tell you that a new year might not mean your challenges go away but if you put god in the center he can make a way even in the midst of those challenges even in the midst of the health challenges he can make a way even in the midst of the financial challenges he can make a way too many of us are praying for god to remove the red sea he wants to part the red sea so many of us are praying, Lord, I want peace of mind, but how will you know what a peace of mind truly looks like unless there's a storm aligned to it? Maybe you should stop praying for God to take you out of a thing, but rather say, Lord, I want you to come in this with me. I want you to be the center of everything that I'm going to do in 2022. I want you to make a way in the wilderness. When the free Hebrew boys were in the fire, God did not get them out. He got in with them. 
As we step into this new year, I'm not naive that some of you are going back to the same family challenges, to the same relational challenges, to the same health challenges. I don't want you to be discouraged and think, new year, same problems. No, 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 no. You can actually embrace the new thing if you allow him to come in the midst of your challenges. I don't know about you, but as I'm getting older and the days are going by, I don't want to go or do anything without God leading me. And everything that I go into, I'm praying, Lord, go before me. As I go into this meeting, go before me. As I speak to this person, go before me. As I apply for these jobs, go before me. Lord, I want you to be in the center of everything because I can't do it in my own strength. I don't know about you, I've tried, but it gets me nowhere. Can I encourage you? Whatever you decide to do, ask God to be in the center. At this time, church, we're going to take some time to pray just that and more. And my prayer for you is that this just won't be another thing that falls on deaf ears, that you won't sit here next year wondering again, what am I going to hear for the year ahead? But that rather 2022 would be such an enriching year for you, that you will feel refreshed, challenged to grow, but more importantly, will not go or do anything without God leading you. Church, let us stand.